Today, the church venerates the holy service of three of the archangels. They stand out for their honest love for God's most holy will. With such fidelity, St. Gabriel faithfully delivered the most important messages of human history to Zechariah and Mary. Remember at the Annunciation, the angel Gabriel was sent to a young lady in the town of Nazareth. And he proclaimed the good news that was ever heard in the history of humanity. That she was going to conceive and bear a son whom she would name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. The message brought about the interpenetration of heaven and earth. That was the faithfulness of St. Gabriel, the messenger of God. St. Michael, we are told in the first reading of today, wrestled with Lucifer and cast him and all his supporters out of heaven. St. Raphael, came to the aid of Tobias in the Old Testament in the book of Tobit. When Tobit, the righteous guy, was doing corporal works of mercy and got blind and everybody was ridiculing him, thinking that this man is fake. He pretended to be a righteous man and look at what had afflicted him. The angel Raphael was sent by God to accompany his son Tobias, protecting Tobias on his journey and protecting him in his marriage against Sarah and offering the remedy that cured the blindness of his father Tobit. In these three angels, there isn't any duplicity of heart. God asks them a favor, and they truly fulfill it. Beloved, wouldn't it be wonderful to implement our talents and gifts towards a service of this nature? Wouldn't it be great to be honest instruments of God's infinite love like these three angels as Christians, we are sent as messengers of God and by implication as angels of God. An angel is a messenger of God. We are messengers of God and we are supposed to carry the message of God in the world, not our own messages. We are told St. Gabriel carried the message of God to Elizabeth. We are told Raphael carried the message of God to Tobias. And so you and I are sent to carry the message of God to the world. Our gospel presents the call of Nathaniel. And when the Lord saw him, he said, This is the true Israel in whom there is no duplicity of heart. Nathaniel was shocked about this description, but Jesus knew him true and true. 
And the Lord assured him, Are you surprised to hear that I saw you under the fig tree even before Philip called you? What about if you see greater things than that? When heaven is open and you see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus is assuring him that in the same way as the angels are ascending and descending to heaven through the Son of Man, Nathaniel could be one of them. He could also ascend and descend to heaven when he uses Christ as the channel to go. And Christ in John's gospel is the word of God, the word that enables us to do the will of God so that we can enter the kingdom. Jesus is the way. He's the life and the truth. He does not disappoint. And so if Jesus is the way, he's the only person through him we can ascend and descend to heaven. And if Nathaniel is going to be honest and faithful to the word of Jesus by following him, he is going to ascend and descend. And of course, Nathaniel will be able to do that because in him there is no duplicity. When he decides to go, he goes. In fact, Jesus looks into the heart and he doesn't judge by appearances. Christ's gaze penetrated Nathaniel on this occasion. Jesus penetrates the motives of your heart. Even though they are kept hidden from others. Jesus is the first one to know if we are true to our faith. If we are faithful to the dictates of our consciences. And if we obey God's lead in private or in public. If we are able to do that, then we have nothing to hide and nothing to lose. This is exactly what Jesus tells Nathaniel. Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. He saw Nathaniel's heart as somebody who is a faithful Israel contemplating about the coming of the Messiah. That's what the pious rabbis did. They sat under the fig tree, which under the broad leaves of the fig tree, where there was shade in that part of the world and climate, and they contemplated. And so Nathaniel was contemplating. That's why Philip tells him, I have found the one that the scripture talks about, Jesus of Nazareth, the one you are contemplating about, the one you are thinking about. And Nathaniel says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Jesus knew him. He knew his heart in spite of what he says. He knew what Nathaniel was looking for. He knew what Nathaniel was contemplating about, about the Messiah. And so Jesus assured him that he will see heaven opens and the angels of God ascending and descending. So he is going to be one of those. Dearly beloved, if on the other hand, 
we are dwindling in our surrender to Christ by boredom and monotony, then it is about time that we seek renewal. Christ needs you. He needs me. How many are dying and fading away because they lack Christ and his love in their lives? We have been grazed by many special spiritual favors. Jesus gazes into our eyes and dreams. He knows your fidelity and love. He knows what you are seeking for. And so Jesus says, if you are able to remain firm, if you are able to heed his word, and if you are able to follow his lead, you will be among the angels that will descend and ascend into the kingdom of God, into heaven. Dearly beloved, in our world today, we can talk about two categories of people. There is no middle way. People who are faithful to the Lord and those who are faithful for a better choice of words to the world. It's like the faithful angels in heaven as opposed to the rebellious angels and the Lucifer. There is that strife in our world today. There is that inattention. There is confusion. When people are struggling to come to Jesus and to follow him, there is that tension that is dissuading people. But dearly beloved, if you have Jesus, you have all. If you have focus on Jesus like Nathaniel, you will be among the angels and saints who will be ascending and descending on the Son of Man. To the heavenly kingdom. He is the only one. Who can lead us. He is not the one who knows the way. But he is the way. He is the only one. Through whom we can. Journey. As pilgrims on earth. To eternal life. May the Holy Spirit enlighten our minds and heart. Help us. Strengthen us to be able to embrace the gift of grace that we have received so that we will not be left out when the Lord comes again. Amen. We celebrate today the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. I believe society has not changed much for those who live without faith. From the annals of Tacitus, Written around 32 to 37 AD, we read, Ours is a time of religious decay. The permanent vitality of religion has been lost. The mass of the people have become either superstitious or credulous or indifferent to religion. The elite of society are agnostic or skeptical. The political leaders are hypocrites. The youth are in open conflict with established society and with the authority of the past.
people are experimenting with Eastern religions and techniques of meditation. The majority of mankind is affected by the decay of the times. Chapter 4, verse 7. This seems to describe the situation in the time of the prophet Habakkuk. And I believe the situation is not much different from ours. Today's first reading comes from the prophet Habakkuk, who lived around 600 years before the Lord. It was a time of violence. He lived during the difficult 10-year period between the first invasion and the final destruction of Judah and the temple by the Babylonian army. The Babylonians had conquered the Assyrians and were marshalling attacks on the rest of the then known world, including the kingdom of Judah. The Jews themselves were continually assaulting one another. Hatred and violence seemed to be accepted as part of life. Compounding the problem was the widespread political intrigue and idolatry in Judah and Jerusalem at this period. Destruction, violence, strife, and contention had become the norm of the day. And Habakkuk was so frustrated because the Lord seemed not to be in control over the situation. The prophet therefore argues with God about this state of affair and questions why God allows such things to happen. Habakkuk's society was not all that much different from ours, where violence and might are glorified and the weak are kept in their place. Our world allows unique lives to be murdered even before death. Even some Catholics who are adamantly opposed to abortion have no difficulty with capital punishment as though lowering ourselves to the level of the killer is acceptable. Violence is all around us. Our young people go to school and are afraid that some of their classmates might turn on them even in the everyday program scuffles where turf wars are fought, not just with fists, but with weapons. Our news is full of terrorism, full of wars, full of ethnic cleansing and political upheavals with its accompanied refugee situation. There is no respect for human life and no one feels secured in our world today. God's words for the people of Judah over 2,600 years ago are also meant for us since the prophet was asked to write down so that posterity could have access to them. In his message, God said, for there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. God will surely act 
but in his own appointed time, if the perpetrators do not turn away from their evil deeds, indeed, the vindication of the righteous will surely come even if it takes too long a time. Beloved, how do we deal with the violence around us today? We have been conditioned by a violent society to respond to violence with violence, even escalating the situation. We are accustomed to rejoining a nasty word with a vicious word and responding to a dirty deed with an even more horrible one. That is not the way of Christ. The people of God are to be people of integrity. They should be people who are instruments of peace, people who have faith in God to set our world straight and not to take the law and vengeance into their own hands. Today's gospel reading tells us to have an active faith in God. We are also told to be good stewards who are trustworthy, who are reliable, who are responsible, and who are faithful. A servant who does what his master tells him, and in the mud, the way the master wants him to act. This means that as we pray in faith, we should also be prepared to be symbols of peace and love in our world. In the middle of a violent world, which is punctuated by religious indifferentism and intolerance, coupling with the recognition of our own weakness, we come together today to pray for faith. We come together today to pray for the courage to live our faith. Violence is not more powerful than God, hence we have to opt and put our trust in God. God can and will destroy whatever the violence is that is assaulting us. If we have faith, even as little as a mustard seed, we can and we will move mountains and even say to the sycamore tree, be uprooted and thrown into the sea and it will surely obey. But our faith is increased by our works that are manifested by the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith is increased by serving others, not by being served. On a more precise note, faith is increased when we manifest our love towards others, when we manifest our love towards our family, when we manifest our love towards friends, when we manifest our love towards our co-workers, and even when we manifest our love towards strangers. On the contrary, when we isolate ourselves from the world, we lose our faith. As Christians, we live in the world and therefore making the world a peaceful place is part of our vocation. As we pray for peace in the world, 
let us also endeavor to promote peace and the respect for human life in whatever capacity we find ourselves so that our world will become the habitat that God in his love and providence created for us. Let us therefore, brothers and sisters in Christ, as servants of the Lord, join him in the destruction of evil in our lives and in the world. God uses human agents to accomplish his mission. And I believe you and I have the responsibility to allow ourselves to be one of those agents. Be God's ambassador of peace. Be God's ambassador of love by becoming a peaceful person, by becoming a loving person who respects life yourself. May the Lord make us his channels of peace in the world today. Amen.